So there's this little Italian guy that lives across the street from me. He's an older dude. Uh, really cool. Makes really good marinara sauce. Marinara. 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 Uh, does some good sausage uh, sausage burgers or whatever. Sausage and peppers. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yep. yeah. And um, he always tells me a joke. Every time I see him, he always tells me a joke, and he's got one in his back pocket at any given moment. The most recent one is um, he was talking about how old guys that, like him can't get jobs and uh, going through the interview process. And some of you have probably heard this. It's It's been told a bunch of different ways, but the first time I heard it was from him, and I thought it was hilarious. So he's talking about this old guy going in for a job interview, and <clears throat> they, you know, there's three people there, and they're asking him questions back and forth. And one of the questions comes up, and they say, well, what do you think that your greatest weakness is and old guy just kind of thinks about it for a second. And he says, well, you know, I think my honesty is my greatest weakness. And one of the interviewers was like, well, I don't think that's a weakness. And the old guy looks at him and says, well, I don't give a shit what you think. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, you know what I've been doing since kind of because we hadn't been together. What is over a week now? Right. Yeah. A couple of days. Yeah. I figured out you got the map up here. I feel like I'm always with you though because yes, we're, yeah, all of a sudden I'm I'm standing, you know, uh, I'm talking on the phone or I'm talking to somebody mm-hmm. and my phone buzzes and then that person that I'm talking to, their phone buzzes and they pull out their phone, they're like, You guys just downloaded an episode and I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I had no idea that was coming. So Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, so it's like I it's almost like I live with Frank. But I, I, I have a I have a three D Google map up here. I, mean, I was wondering what kind of geography you were studying. You, you know what this is? I have no idea. I'm gonna show you right here, man. Let me see where I can find it. It is. I got. I got a couple maps. I got a map here. I just thought that you might be like just the weird guy that's right? in the map. Right, eighty route eighty nine, Jardine, that whole thing, right? And then I got the map here, eighty nine route eighty nine, and all that. And then I have, boom, Fen's clues. I'm gonna find Fen's fortune, man. I got uh. it figured out. <laughs> I know exactly so, where it is. So we have uh, who's that guy that robbed the bank and then jumped out? DB Cooper, yeah, yeah, yeah DB yeah. Cooper, right? So you I got, got it figured out, man. I got Fen's gold. It's gonna be mine. I already know where the gold is. You guys are fucked. It's mine. But you just told him it's on Route eighty nine. Well, but yeah, it goes all the way through Yellowstone. Eighty nine goes all the way through, man. Look, at, there's eighty nine. Right through yellow. That, that is a lot of ground to cover, dude. I I'll, I know where I it can is. see you out there with a metal detector. I know you don't have just to. Just guy, he, walk he in he and sweeping. It. I know exactly where it is. I figured it out. I got the clues here. The nine clues of Fen's gold or Fen's treasure, and it says to begin where the warm waters halt. Okay, what's right there in the beginning? Mammoth Hot Springs. That's where they end. That's the last Shh, hot spring. Everybody, listen. Shh, quiet. Yeah, keep going. The keep last going. hot spring when you're leaving Yellowstone. That's where the warm waters halt. Okay. <laughs> Then, then you're gonna go up, and then you gotta go uh, canyon down, not too far a walk. Put, you guys think he's diligently below, working on websites? Put in below and... the, the home of Brown. Okay, well, guess what? There's he's researching aliens and gold. Yep. Wait, wait, wait. Right here. Right. So the clues. We when we go here. Fen. F E N N. There's a Joe Brown boat launch. The Joe Brown put in, and there's a Joe Brown. Hey, uh, I know a Joe creek. Brown. So there it is. And Downtown so Joe Brown. I got it all figured out. And then I just got to figure out the number eight is the only clue I don't know. I got to figure out what number eight is. Is it like a riddle? Is. Yes, it's a riddle. It's a, it's, a, it's a poem and a riddle. I have to figure out number eight of the nine clues. This is not a real thing. Yes, it is. This this billionaire hid treasure in, off of Yellowstone and anyone can go get it. This is just one of those guys that... Dude, it's a true story. No, dude, he just wants people running around. No, he this really, is a game. Yeah, but he, he did it so you can get it. Um, I got it figured out, so don't even waste your time. It's mine, Wait, dude. You're gonna come here, and I'm gonna have like all new shit <laughs> in, in a pile of gold yeah, in the back over here. Like, hey, you want to go? You want to sit in the gold chair? Yeah, you want right the like gold Scrooge shitter. McDuck? Yeah, 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 totally. So okay, we gotta we we gotta get caught up now. We did the fundamental one. Do we need to recap on some of that, or, or are we good? Yeah, let's uh, do a quick recap of our barstool fundamentals. Yeah, barstool fundamentals. If you if you start taking legs off that barstool, it's gonna tip uh, it's gonna tip over on you. So think about your approach to the rifle, your grip on the rifle, your stance. Whether you're in the prone position, you're in a, a standing tripod, 
I mean, even in a kneeling position, think of how you're engaging on that rifle and where your shoulders are, where your waist is, where your feet are positioned. All that stuff is a big deal, especially if you're going into consistency. Consistency in shooting is the biggest thing that we need to accomplish. So accomplishing that by practicing these positions, you do them over and over and over and over. Just remember where everything is going so your body mechanics can line up behind the rifle. Your sights, your sight, uh, your sight alignment, your sight picture, your scope engagement, your eye relief on the sights. Anytime you and, change and position, set the rifle up for you. Set the rifle up for Take you. Take the time. Yep. Don't don't get just kind of blitz through. Right. I, like I, I talked about on the last podcast, I get down behind the rifle with no scope on it. I get it all set up and how I'm gonna feel in the position and the whole thing. Then I put the scope, and that's how I do it. I I I get the feel of the rifle before I get the feel of the rifle behind a scope. What else you got? Let's talk about. I think that's we were, pretty we, much what we, we covered. We were up to so we had natural point of aim, and then we had the sight picture. I talked at length with breathing in that last one, but breathing is is a fundamental. You you don't want to hold your breath, and, and I talked about the CO two negativity of our CO two sensors. Well, since we're talking about breathing, let's talk about breathing. We didn't. You do. You talk about breathing a second. I'm gonna pick up that CO two sensor thing. I'm gonna go grab that. Um. So. Uh, so. You have breathing from the chest and breathing from the gut, so br- that deep breathing to the to the diaphragm. Anytime you breathe, it's going to create movement no matter what you're doing, especially if you're laying in the prone position. You're breathing from the gut, your body's going to tip up. If you're breathing from the chest, your, your shoulders are going to move. You're going to heave. Um, is there oh, – I hear this in movies all the time, Frank. What is it? You got to shoot. In between heartbeats. In between heartbeats. Oh my God! You you know, and, and it's funny because Jacob had a big thing about this how to how to how to fix the problem of your heartbeat showing up in the reticle. Knife. Yeah, just stop your heartbeat. Stop it. Just knife stop to it, the Rich. chest. It works once, but knife to the chest. So here, what it is? It's the the chemo chemoreceptors in breathing because it looks at the uh, mechanism of our CO2 and there's some actually some really good images and stuff about our CO2 receptors and how they manage everything and what we're doing and how it's all linked together. So remember some of us breathe naturally others have to think. Yeah yeah there you go. So that's that's remember that that it, we're not so much worried about oxygen deprivation. We're worried about the ox the brain uh, reading too much CO two or any CO two because that happens quicker. And another thing you can actually Google too is natural respiratory pause. Yeah, that's the one you want, but don't do the ones that say hold your breath for ten to twelve seconds. That doesn't work. Yep, stuff starts shutting down to start to you know like a, the old TVs that had the tube in it. You get that tunnel vision start to creep in on you. So you want to make sure that you're actually still breathing. When you break the shot, personally, what I like to do is breathe in, breathe out, take the slack out because I have a two-stage trigger. I take the slack out. I know where the trigger is going to break. I breathe in and breathe out, make my final judgment call. And on that breath out, I can start to uh, follow through on that trigger and, and start to get that trigger moving in the direction that it needs to go. So the natural respiratory pause, I do it on my out breath, and then there's that natural pause, and then I can breathe in again, and I'm not, trying, the to, on the I'm end. not trying to hold my breath. But you guys, Some of you guys remember Lindy down there at Rifles Only. Lindy had it down to a science. He'd breathe out and break the trigger. He'd bring in and run the bolt. He'd bring out and break the trigger. So as his breaths were going, he had a rhythm down, and that worked really well. But remember, too, that breathing helps us relax. And relaxation is a big part of this. You got to be muscular relaxed. You have to be mentally relaxed. And breathing is one of the keys to getting that relaxation that we need. When you think about it on the next level, so we're at the fundamental level. This is us going out to the range, relaxing, and actually trying to shoot those perfect groups that that everybody posts up online. Oh, I shot this. this is a three-shot group. This is a five-shot. This is a one-shot group in two different places. Right. So you're trying to get that breathing down because once the clock starts, once you get up and start moving positions, your cardio is going to start coming into play and you're going to start breathing heavier or faster and your stress level goes up. So 
you have to take that in consideration. You have to be able to control that, especially when you're on the clock. Yeah. So definitely think about breathing, but don't think about breathing. Right. Just do it. Do the, just do it. Just breathe. Don't stop. Right. Just breathe. You're not swimming underwater, man. Just breathe. Just breathe. That's it. So then we got to get into Let's now talk about trigger, trigger. because the, trigger, then trigger, that trigger, leads trigger. into follow through. Trigger, we, trigger, you trigger. hear that all the time, follow through, follow through, follow through. But what are we actually talking about? We're going to get to that here, but well, let's talk about trigger. So the I, I had an exercise set up because I thought we might set up a GoPro, but we just didn't. So I'm just going to talk about it. So the I, I think of the trigger as three different parts when you're looking at the actual face of the trigger, the shoe, the trigger. You have the right side, you have the center of the trigger, and you have the left side of the trigger. Now, with rifle, pistol, carbine, again, all the fundamentals are the same. How are we engaging that trigger? So, the tricky thing about bolt rifles is you have to take your finger off the, uh, off the trigger. You have to take your hand off the pistol grip. And are you ever returning it back to the same spot every single time? It seems like a small thing, but a lot of people don't think about that. Though uh, I see it a lot and, and with my evals and stuff, people will have five shots and have five different positions on the trigger. So up, down, left, left right, right, center. All, yep, they're all over the trigger. you got to be consistent, pad of the finger, centered up. And, and I'll say to guys, you know what? When you shot, you were this way on the first shot. You were good when you ran the bolt and then you came back to it. You're Now your finger was on an angle like this on the second shot. You came back and you ran the bolt. Now you were hanging off on this shot. Then on the third shot, you were on the edge of the trigger. You weren't even on the pad. You were on the edge pushing it back and to the left instead of, you know, and, and then the next shot you did this. And so trigger control is huge, man. And being consistent on it is huge. That's why there's a billion different triggers out there. And I always think of the trigger as the steering wheel of the rifle or the, or the gun. Whatever you do on that trigger is going to translate what comes out of your muzzle and how it, and how it's going to affect your targeting. It's our point of human contact with the rifle, man. It's, it's it's the part that's in motion. Yeah, it moves. And there's a lot of things that you have to control when something's in motion. I used to have it. Oh, it might be in here. You, you keep talking while I work in my, my junk bag. Actually, I just want to watch you sift around sift through, through that, my drawer. <laughs> that drawer. What the hell, yeah, man? It's got there's like 9 million chargers in there. Dude, there's all kinds of shit. Look at this, man. Here, you're going to have yeah. that. Yeah, there's a Fucking suppressor you just handed me. Fucking big old, that's from Argentina. Hey, check that's out crazy this knife. Shit, man. Damn. That's badass blade. But I got something in here, and that maybe you guys can see if I can find it. Mike needs to keep talking. So we got uh, portions of the finger that are going to engage on this trigger. So if you take, so we take our trigger finger, and we have three sections on our on our finger. We have where the knuckle attaches your phalange to your hand, then you have that, that center segment that serves no purpose, and then you have the tip of your finger, or the you know the final pad, your last pad on your finger. Dude, is that a tuning fork? Yeah, it is a tuning fork. It's, this is your trigger uh, control. Yeah, okay. And if you, right? You so what it. Frank is trying to simulate is that follow through or the interruption in the tuning fork. So as you're um, engaging that trigger and let's say you slap the trigger mm -hmm. so you, or you, what I call snatch the trigger. Snatch it. Right? You're interrupting what the gun wants to do. You're interrupting that tuning fork that Frank was talking about like 20 episodes ago. You're, you want to produce the same result every single time, but you want the gun to, you want the gun to do it. You want it to be nice and smooth, but you also want to be able to control everything that's music, going on. Man. You, 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 like I could feel this. You can't hear it anymore, but if I tap this tuning fork, it's vibrating like crazy. And if you touch one of the times on it, you can feel it. And what you're getting is a different sound out of it. If you come in, if, if, if you tap the trigger and come off, it's one sound. If you follow through, it's another sound. If you tap the trigger's delay and come off, it's another sound. And how you, if you feel a tuning fork when you, when you ring it and, and let it sit there when you're not hearing it, but just touch it low at first and then move up to the edges, to the ends where it's, it's wider apart. 
you could feel it and you could feel it pronounced and different. And as you move up that time, it's like breaking the trigger in a different way every time. And it gives a different sound to the tuning fork. The barrel harmonics that everybody talks about with reloading and all that stuff. Well, those harmonics translate to the trigger. Trigger's metal and it's attached. Barrel's attached to the receiver, right? And the receiver is attached to the trigger. And you're touching the trigger. Those harmonics travel through the entire process. And you're putting movement into that trigger while the bullet's still in there because we key off the sound. So here's all the different movements that you can do. We're looking at our trigger finger now. So that last segment, the tip of your finger. So we have, we're going to cut that into three positions, the tip, the center of the pad, and then down towards the knuckle. So now you have the right side of the trigger, the center part of the trigger, the left side of the trigger, the top side of the trigger, right side, the bottom side of the and trigger, right side. There are people side. who touch the bottom who exactly. do, or like almost ride the, the, uh, the trigger guard and they ride it along the bottom. I've seen that before. People have done showed up at class and do that. So now if you have a flat face trigger, now yep. you, now you've just added more space to uh, more space to engage on a trigger. So you're using three different parts of the tip of your your finger and there's like nine different spots on that trigger that you can touch with those three different spots. So you can do it with the tip, all nine different spots, the center, all nine different spots. The right side, uh, there the the segment down towards your knuckle, nine different spots. Yeah. So you need to uh, you need to look at that and go, okay, which part of my finger am I using, and which part of the trigger am I touching? And every time I got to run the bolt, it's going to come back. I need it to come back to that same general area. When you're on a semi-auto. Everybody knows you You follow through, you, you break the trigger, you squeeze it all the way back, you let off until you feel a click, the, the trigger reset. You don't have to take your finger off the trigger to uh, make that guesstimation of where you need to put it back. So in, in essence, it's a lot easier personally for me to, to run an AR than it is to, uh, to get accuracy out of a bolt rifle. Yep. In, 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 in my class, one of the slides that I have that I show is a Badger 20 MOA base. And I show the difference between the front of the base, where it's lowest, right? Because it slopes down. And the back of the base, where it's higher. Well, that's about 14 thousandths of an inch to get at the receiver to give you 20 inches at 100 yards. 14 thousandths of an inch. Let that sink in for a second. Anything movement-wise you put into that trigger shoe is going to translate to... That sort of a thousandth of an inch is one inch at a hundred yards is where it kind of flushes out. I mean, it's not exact. You know what I mean? We're kind of being hyperbolic there a little bit, but still it's pretty damn close that you can translate a thousand of an inch at the, at the, at the rifle, at the receiver to one inch at a hundred yards. So that's why we want this to be perfect, consistent every shot. Hot tip just in the last week. Um, speaking of 20 MOA, so you have a, let's say you have a zero MOA base on your rifle and you need 20 MOA to do your job. So you put that in the mount. So we're going to say it's a spur mount because I'm plugging spur because I love spur. So you, how can, how can, how can, how can, how can, um, how can, so you put your mount on. And then you bring it to me and you say, man, I am exactly 20 MOA off on my target. Mm -hmm. And then I look at your mount and I go, okay, well, let's go ahead and turn that mount around. Remount the scope <laughs> and we'll get you 20 MOA back to where you need to be. Yeah. So when you're mounting your stuff, make sure you're mounting it in the correct direction. Speaking of how can. How can. Did you know Pia's dog, his name is Frank? Yes, I did know that. How come she didn't say that when we met? Well, I can think of a few reasons. Me too. We're talking to you, Pia. Just remember that. Anyway. Pia's awesome. She is. She, she has some pretty hardcore shooting stuff out there in the frozen tundra that she lives so in. So now we have an idea of where we need to put our finger on that trigger. How we engage that trigger. How we're actually steering that rifle in that follow through that we keep talking about. Follow through. You follow through in life. You say something, you follow through with it, right? We need to do that with our weapon system as well. So 
we have guys who play sports. I'm sure. I hate golf. I hate baseball. But those are the the, the two. Yeah, the the two that always always comes to everybody's mind. So when you're swinging a when you're swinging a a golf club, do you just stop right there at the ball, or do you swing the swing the golf club? Look at where you're going. Watch the ball. Hit the ball with the golf club and continue that follow that through. follow through around the other side and over your shoulder. So follow through works with um, with shooting, or it's it's necessary with shooting. It's a basic fundamental. It's, it's the forgotten fundamental, but you got to do it, man. You got to follow through. Follow through. Follow through. Follow through is key. When I think of follow through, I think of follow through on the trigger, right? But there's so much more when it comes to follow through, where it needs to start is on the trigger. So as you get up to that that uh, squishy position on your two-stage trigger and then you get it gets nice and tight. That's a technical term, by the squishy, way. Squishy, squishy position. So your first stage and then it gets nice and tight and you're about to go into your second stage. Once that shot breaks, some people take their finger off the trigger. They do. Remember, why that tune why, and fork's ringing? That? that tune and fork's ringing, man. You're, make, you're putting movement you into the system. You just changed the tune of your rifle. Right. Right, man. You're not you're not doing the right notes anymore. So people do that, I think personally because the recoil it scares them. Well, there's that. that. They also because some idiot told them that um, that they have to do the least amount of movement. Like, don't touch. Can't. It, it's manipulation of the trigger without disturbing the lay of the sights. So they think if they just touch it ever so like ever so gently. Yes, like ooh. ooh. You know, like the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> if, they, if they do that, then they're not moving the sights. That's why they do it. Because okay. they think they're not moving the sights by not being positive on the trigger, by being, you know, this little limp-wristed kind of thing happening, that, that they're going to somehow have a better shot because they're, they're, they're not touching the rifle. I want you to try something new. Get on your trigger. Even pressure all the way back all the way back the shot's gonna break it's gonna break and then there's still gonna be a little bit of movement follow that even pressure all the way back until your trigger actually stops without crushing it you don't have to crush it because people do that with the two-stage ais i notice people do tend to crush because of that movement there's after. a lot there's a lot of movement on you the, on the new to, ones you, on the newer ones you on don't the, have to crush it 14 there, there actually, there's less movement in that trigger on the pre-2014 than there is in the Yeah, I post. think it's because I, when they change to the comp trigger, it has that, it's a different design, so the shoe's different. But what you want to do is, is as soon as the shot breaks, freeze, but don't crush through and don't try to drive through the trigger. Some people will crush it too hard. Even, steady, steady pressure. pressure. When the shot breaks, freeze. And watch through the scope so you can believe the bullet and you can see where the results of your shot go. So you got to keep looking 100%. Okay, you go through your mental checklist. I lined up my natural point of aim, right? I got my sight picture good. I know where my breathing cycle is. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of my breathing. Everything's on it. Now I'm coming to the trigger. I'm going to press the trigger. Well, right when I'm coming to the trigger, 100% of your focus goes to the reticle and target relationship. Watch the reticle on the target. Put all your attention to that. Your finger already knows how to press the trigger, dude. You've done dry practice. You've shot guns before. You know what's going on. It's not a surprise. One of the one of my favorite things to do is watch people. Um, they pick up a new rifle and they start messing with it, you know, and they they start messing with the trigger on it. You know, mm, check the trigger. The ah, it's got too much creep for me. Ah, it's got too much creep. Ah, there's no, there's there's more or less creep. Whatever. Creep, creep, creep. I always hear creep. You guys hear it too. You guys know what you're talking about when it comes to it. What, what, Frank, to you is trigger creep? They don't, they, they're describing that over travel after the break is what I think of when they mention creep. But then there's also some people who describe it on the front end mm -hmm. in the movement between, they so don't understand a, a two stage, stage right? Yeah. They think a single stage trigger to them, a two stage trigger has creep. So there's the two sides of it. There's either the over travel after the trigger's broke in the continued movement of the shoe, 
or there's the two-stage trigger in the travel on the front end that people will call creep. I just go off of if I like the trigger or not. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I, I like a two-stage because I want to marry my finger to the trigger. I don't want it to just break by thinking, you know, breathing on it. Like, oh my God, I just breathed on this trigger and it, and it broke because it's a single stage, eight ounce, yada, yada, yada. I, I like to bring in there and marry my finger. That way I know I have a good finger position on it without fear of it going off because it's too low. Then I come up to that second stage and I'll wait at the wall there where if I don't shoot, I can let off the first stage and it's no harm, no foul. Where I can come back on it and I can ne- and I and I could stay on that trigger. It's like with movers and things like that, it really helps. So I can control the trigger more by knowing where that trigger breaks, how that trigger feels. I know my trigger like, you know, came downstairs. Fair enough. There you go. Um what if I were to tell you that follow through is not just on your trigger. I hear it all the time, and it's always, every time I hear it, it's always associated with trigger. So let's go back on the follow-through. So let's talk about follow-through on your cheek weld. You pull the trigger, your head comes up right off that cheek weld. Oh, yeah. Trying to, fu- trying to see trying to, yep, trying to see where that bullet just went. Trying to see if you just hit your target. Look through your scope. Yeah, they got a 25-power scope, and they lift their head up. That was in my Operator as Fuck video, <laughs> I where I come up, and I'm coming off, and I'm looking. Every guy... time, pow, head comes up. Head goes down. Pow, head comes up. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah, that was a goof. That was a parody. So don't do that. Don't prairie dog. Don't do the up and down, you know. You stay on the scope, stay engaged, follow through with the with the cheek. Mark hammers everybody with that. That's Mark's pet peeve is coming off the gun to run the bolt or coming off the gun after they shoot. That's a huge pet peeve up there. So follow through right there is just keeping your head on the gun. Right. If you keep your head on the gun, you can actually you can see where it's going to go. You can see where that impact is going to go. Yeah. Run the bolt. Do your job. Follow through on your grip. So if you have you know your thumb off to the side or your thumb wrapped around the grip, as you pull the trigger, keep your thumb wherever it is. Keep it there. Mm-hmm. Don't move. Let it finish its harmonics and then go into whatever it is you need to go into next. Follow through on your stance that we talked about, whether you're in the prone, the standing, kneeling position. Follow through on that stance. So you're moving from target to target. Follow through into that target. Turn your body into that target. Turn, turn your whole firing base into that target. Square up on that target and follow through yeah yeah follow through with your heels on the ground keep them down don't move your body just keep your body still as you're going through that trigger press there's a clue here follow through follow through on your sight picture sight alignment so that parallax that you're taking out i did a little experiment of my own and it was probably because i was not doing the right thing in the first place but i was looking at a 200 yard target and my I didn't really think about it at the time, but I pulled the trigger, um, recycled the gun, pulled the trigger again. We went down and checked it out, and it was like, I don't know, like a one-inch group or something like that. And I was like, no, my gun doesn't do that. It shoots better than that. So I got back, and I started messing with my parallax. My parallax was out of focus, basically. So then I shot again, you know, back to a half-inch group. I was like, okay, that makes more sense. So follow through on your sights. Know what you're supposed to be looking at. Follow through when uh, when you pull the trigger. You're going to see on some of these guns that are really heavy, you can actually see you know when you get to that max ordinance and then it starts coming back down to yeah. down down to your target uh, on a nice day when the sun's behind you or it's you know like a hot humid day or something like that. You're going to see something happen. Yeah. And with parallax, with parallax, just to kind of give you an idea. I mean, it's hard to do it over over the podcast kind of thing. But if you take a pen and put a pen out in front of you, extend it at arm's length, and the tip of the pen is your reticle, okay? Now put the pen between your eye and a target. If you move your head ever so slightly, the tip of the pen and the target are going to move away from each other. That's what parallax looks like. When, when you move one way, the target moves the other, and, 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 and so on. When you dial that out, they don't move away from each other. They stay engaged they stay locked on because they're on the same focal plane it's the equivalent of i got my hand at arm's reach i got a i got a target out there 
Well, if I then transport the tip of the pen to actually touch the target, and then I move my head, nothing moves. That's parallax. So what you're looking for is that is that movement where when you move your head, they move away from each other. We we dial it out so when you move your head, they stay together. Down and dirty. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's parallax. Follow through on your breathing. Be be Just conscious. Keep breathing. Of it. Yeah, yeah. Keep breathing. Keep breathing. Be conscious. When I when I get down behind the gun, and maybe we all do it different. I get down behind the gun. I get into a position, I get into a nice solid stance, nice solid position. I bring my non-firing hand back to the buttstock. Uh, I squeeze on my rear back. Here's another thing too. You're, you may see an elevation change on your target. And it may be because you're releasing your bag at the same time you're pulling the trigger or squeezing your bag. Yeah, sympathetic squeeze. Yep. The, the same time you're pulling your trigger and you'll see an elevation change. And you're like, what the heck is that? Be conscious of that too. So your brain's actually doing a lot of things, but when it comes down to it, you're going, okay, I'm down behind the gun. Body position is good to go. Don't move. Now we're engaging the trigger. So as we're getting on the trigger, for me, I think about my breathing real quick. I go, okay, I'm going to breathe in, breathe out, and now I'm going to engage the trigger, and then everything else is just hold on for the ride. Yep. No, that's that's exactly right, man. You, 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 you All these things, like I said, cause and effect, cause and effect, and the fundamentals matter. The fundamentals are what solves these problems. I mean, you can... You can get away with stuff, but that just makes you a good, bad shooter. You can learn to, to, to make mistakes the same because we're creatures of habit. We'll make these mistakes over and over and over again. The and same. it helps me to talk about it, too. Right. I, got, I got called out today. Did you? I By did. Who, so, who called you out? Tell so, us who called you out. <laughs> so um, got off work, went to go pick up my daughter, drop her off at home. Um, and then I was going to come straight down here. Well, Adam picked up an um, an EDC nine, a Wilson Combat, mm -hmm. uh, the double stack uh, uh, single action, and he was like, "We're gonna shoot this thing," and I was like, "Cool, I'm gonna drop Rio off, and then I'm gonna come back to the shop. We're gonna shoot that." We'll Did you name rest. your daughter after the uh, R E O? No, no, <laughs> Duran Duran song. It's it's Her no. Name is Rio. And she dances in the sand yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, she, she's actually named after my grandmother. Oh, okay. So it's not like Duran Duran, but I can say it's Duran Duran. I'm going to tell her that. Everybody can. That's how she's probably going to grow up anyways. Everybody's like R-E-O Speedwagon? It's not spelled R-I-O like the I'm river. I'm going to do it like R-I-O because that was Duran Duran, I think. I think they were Rio. The, 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 I think they were in Rio de Janeiro. I think they're oh, talking about yeah, Rio. I gotcha. Okay. Because that whole hungry like a wolf, they were in the jungles and shit. So hungry. So okay, so you got like called out on your phone, on your phone, on your so anyways, yeah, so I get back to you, uh, I get back to the shop and we get everything set up and I'm like, all right, cool. So 10 shots, shooting my shot group and Jerry Westcott, one of our sales guys, but he's also heavy into pistol shooting. He's one of the, you know, best pistol shooters out there and he won't tell you that, but, um, he's like the president of the USABCDEFG, uh, the important pistol stuff and he, and he runs like four regions, right? So of course he's back there watching me shoot pistol. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm decent with a pistol. I'm like, all right. So I get in there and I start shooting and, um, put the gun down, go up and we're evaluating the target. And he goes, what's that little guy down there? And he's pointing to the one that's like an inch and a half away from the rest of the group. And I, he goes, that, was that your last shot? Or was that like, where was that? And I was like, oh, I was like the second to last shot. Maybe he's like, yeah, I know you moved your hands, mm -hmm. but you, um, you broke your grip yeah, and then you went back into a grip, but that grip wasn't the same. So my follow through was shit when it came to that consistency, man. Consistency. And, 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 I changed something, and, and my and here's the trick. My round went somewhere else. Here, here's I want you guys to understand this. Here's the trick, man. You changed your grip. The gun was doing all the work. Mm -hmm. With the bolt action, you got to get up and run the gear shift. That's why people are inconsistent because they haven't learned how to come from the gear shift. Back to the trigger, bolt to trigger, bolt to trigger. You need to get that consistency down so that way there you don't run into the different hand position, the different trigger position, the different press, the whole thing because we're coming off and disengaging from the rifle and then re-engaging. And that's a big one too is people who disengage. The trigger is the start button, not the stop. Something is changing. Yeah, but you're every, turning the machine time. on. Yep. 
don't turn the machine on and then lift your head off of it. Like Mike was saying, yeah, with don't, the don't turn it on and walk away. Cause you, you here, cause here's what happens with these guys. So, so they're, 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 they're lining up the shot and they want it to be perfect. And they know they got to put five of them together and they're all like, yeah. Okay. So they get the first one and they're like, bang, okay, this is good. They get the second one and it's touching and they're like, fuck yeah, man. They get that third one and it's there. Well, now they start thinking a lot about it and they start moving around. They start kind of adjusting Fidgeting. subconsciously. Yep. They'll hold their breath because they don't want any more movement because they say this group is too good. But what happens is they, they, they start compromising their breathing and they're not getting that oxygen like they want. So then when they break the shot, they're like, and they think they're done. As soon as, the, something changes. as soon as the bang goes, they're out of there. Stay engaged with the rifle. Follow through. Don't disengage from the shot. Boom. Bam. Knowledge bomb. So tell us what you guys think. Um, we're, we're putting this stuff out there, and it's okay to jump on our comment section, jump in there. As a matter of Sniper's fact. Hide, I got a whole th- area. There's an everyday sniper forum section on Sniper's Hide. So you guys can go over there. There are people asking questions. I can yep. jump in. Hit, I think us, we'll... hit us up on Facebook too. I'm, I answered I'm, most of them. Yeah, I'm watching that stuff. I'm trying to get to the comments on the on the Podbean right now. But tell us what you guys think when we put these episodes up. You know, go into the comments section and let us know if if any of this stuff is actually helping you when we're talking about the fundamentals of marksmanship. Are you doing something different? We want to know about it. What are you What are you doing? We want to know what your comments are. Okay, these guys are talking about the barrel breaking. We already went through all that. They're they're bringing up barrel breaking. I answered a couple people today. Somebody wanted a suggestion. Can I make a suggestion? This is Slayer Two C. Whoa. He wants us to talk about questions, dude. We're here talking about questions, Slayer. What the frick? You didn't ask a question. You just told us to do something. You're like, answer questions on the podcast. I'm like, hello. What am I doing? And then he comes in and he says, so I listened to episode 14 and 15 and found out you are doing that. Yes, we are. So uh, ask, uh, but there's an everyday podcast section on Sniper's Hide. I'm posting all these up. You can come in and ask a question specific to a certain episode. You can ask a general one. You could do whatever you want to do. But um, definitely come and uh, ask the questions. So we have a question that's on Podbean. Mm -hmm. The natural respiratory pause, which we covered in great length. The shot, should we be taking the shot? What's the time frame? Two to three seconds. It's whatever is natural for you and whatever you feel you're going to be comfortable at. Like we said, we're not holding our breath. We're, we're finding that natural respiratory pause. And then you're going to keep breathing after that. So just do what's comfortable for you, but do it the same way every single time. Next question is Frank. And this is referring to episode 24, the alien invasion. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank, you drinking? No. No, I'm not drinking. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, this is how he is. I don't know what you're talking about, freaking what is his name? <laughs> that's, goon? That's Bobby. Bobby. Bobby the Goon or whatever? What is his name? Bobby Goon. No, Bobby, I'm not drinking. He might be drinking. I, I wasn't here. I wasn't here to supervise. I don't know. Maybe I'm stoned. What do you you know never know? <laughs> that's just how it's just how the man thinks. Dude, we got dancing aliens downtown. I uh, know he's there's he's, dancing aliens. Got a smiley face or something on or no, no, it's an actual it's a cocktail. He put a cocktail oh, emoji up dude, there for you. Dude, there's 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 sixty foot tall aliens in downtown Denver that are six minutes from my house. You can't tell me this isn't alien central. Google aliens in Denver airport, Bobby. Google aliens in Denver airport. <laughs> Don't say it all like that, Bobby. Yeah. Bobby just wants to know. Bobby, I'm he not drinking. Be, he just wants to be. In Bobby, the, know. the aliens are real. They're coming. Let's see here. What other questions you got there? Oh, that was the one you were talking about. I don't drink when I'm home, Bobby. I only drink when I'm out. That's another one. Let's see what other questions we got on here. But you guys got the fundamental stuff. We've talked about it a lot now, right? We've hammered on these fundamentals for you guys. You need to hurry up and get this on iTunes. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that was good. I, I get a lot of iTunes. We get the <laughs> iTunes comments all the time. ITunes. I told you in the last podcast they finally answered me today, and you know, um, man, you got a lot of comments on that alien stuff. I'm I'm totally down with it. Who do you think built the pyramids? Right, 
I, ancient aliens. You know what? If you go downstairs in my bedroom right now, ancient aliens is on. Oh, I bet it is. Fucking his head's all up. What's that? Fucking Giorgio. Yeah, Giorgio, it's my not buddy. Aliens. No, it's I'm a- saying Giorgio. It's aliens. It's aliens. Giorgio. I love Hello. that guy. That fucking Giorgio rocks. He's pretty smart, dude. Yeah, he's not bad. Him and Eric Von Daniken, they're my heroes. A lot of thanks and stuff. We appreciate you guys. Thank you. Here's another quick the, tip for you guys. You guys are coming on to um, Sniper's Hide to sell stuff. I am not your friggin' moderator, dude. There's Because there, I got a ton of people coming on Sniper's Hide and whining about things. Like, hey, this guy wanted to know, and now he's texting me. It's like, that's your problem, man. I'm like... You know what? <laughs> that, that's oh, I know. I we we don't moderate the for Hold sale on. section. You don't pay us for it. You don't do any of that. So we don't moderate it. There's a ton of people selling stuff on there. That's up to you how you handle your individual sales. So these ones I've been. I'm rejecting to all your complaints. Did Frank ever have a follow-up on the PMR-428? Yeah, I well, I have in places I just haven't... Well, they're asking about the Revic scope, and I have it right here, part of it. Um, the Revic rocks, dude. The Revic, the Revic scope, which has the... Uh, it's the Gunworks, Chris Thomas from Premiere, the whole thing. They put that scope together with the ballistic software, the HUD, the whole thing. So let me go into the whole Revic for you. The, the scope is the wrapper... The body, the sort of the, the 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 you know the main part of the scope is the same as the Vortex Gen Two Razor. Is that the Come, one with all the new technology? Yeah, it? got all the new tech on it. It's toolless. It's got toolless adjustment. Super simple. Super elegant. Works great. It still has the lift lock and the whole thing, but it looks just like a Vortex Razor, except it's got keypad on the side that you control it and you can put the the. Um, throw lever in in the magnification houses a battery now you can operate this scope 100% without batteries without any electronics you, it just it works like a scope and I ran it just like a regular scope okay then you put the batteries in you set up the software just like any other software I use the um, Android tablet I uh, connect Bluetooth to the scope. You could build your profiles in the tablet, then transfer them to the scope, and then recall them. But in the scope, in the upper third, not even, it's like the upper quarter, there's a HUD. And the HUD will either work MOA, where it's giving you the, the, the elevation, or range. With the software engaged and everything, you use the range. You never have to really know what you're dialing or everything. Once the software's set up, you just dial the range and shoot the target. What I did on that was then I set everything up and I shot everything again all the way out to 1,500 yards uh, based off just the range in the HUD because it has the HUD up there. And even at my 500-yard target, I have a 1MOA. Those pistol racks are out there and then on it hit all that stuff. At 1440, it was 10 yards off. Now, this was without truing it. I didn't true the software. I just put raw data in. 1440, it was 10 yards off. So it said 1450 to hit a 1440 target. At 1500, I used 1525 to hit the 15. So it was 25 yards off. That's damn good out of this. Just like no truing, no nothing. I threw in my muzzle velocity, my bullet particulars. I had it in a 260 Spartan. The scope works. I just did a firmware update, and I'm going to do a quick little uh, recap on it. But that Revic scope, the uh, PMR 428 and 428 is the power, 4 to 28 power. Um, it works. It's worth it. I'm a huge fan of that scope. I think it's doing a great job. I think it's elegant. I think it's accurate. Um, it's got a proven design in that Vortex, in that Vortex style from Light Optical there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it has the same DNA, so you know it's done right. Very few complaints of the Gen 2 Razor 4-27. Well, this is the same Gen 2 style, but 4-28 from Revic. Good scope. Highly recommend it. Uh to attack the Ford off. I had a couple of Ford off questions and we had talked about Ford off just kind of off the cuff really. And I've actually paired a 
5500 to my Ford off system. So if you haven't done this yet, what you're going to have to do is get your, your Kestrel with Link uh, 5500, download the Kestrel app, so the Kestrel app to your phone, so that it'll actually talk to your Ford off system. And then when you turn on your Ford off system and want to pair your weather meter, what it's not going to, or here's, here's what I had trouble with, is trying to get it to actually give me uh, correct altitude um, and then wind speed. So it's telling me wind speed on the Kestrel. It wasn't telling me wind speed on the, on the, uh, on the program. So I talked to Jacob, I won't give any last names, but Jacob had been uh, PM or uh, PMing me on Facebook and we talked a little bit about the Ford off and he, he asked if we'd ever used a weather flow. And I was like, no, I haven't really used a weather flow or anything. And he said, cool, well, I'm going to go home and hook that up. And I was like, See cool, cool. yeah, let me know if it works and then we'll get this information out. And he said it worked flawlessly and everything was good and it was easy to pair. So that's Is another. That the same, the ballistic arc, the geo ballistic guy's it's, weather flow meter? It's. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of. Yeah. Okay. So if you just Google weather flow meter, a bunch of options will come up, but. Um, Won't work on my X though, because I don't have a, a headphone jack. No? Nope. No headphone oh, jack that's right. on the X. Is that the, the Apple? Yep. No headphone jack on that one. It's because so. Apple sucks. No, man. Apple rocks. As I'm looking at an Apple computer in front of me, that's mine. All Apples. <laughs> but anyways, uh, what it comes down to is that he gave us that valuable information and said it's going to work. So if you want to go out and, you know, not spend, you know. Almost 700 yeah. for the, for 55 is what, 600? For the no, 55? the fifty-five is four hundred, four hundred, yeah, four fifty, something like that. Um, but the weather flow meter, he said that it's working flawlessly. So there's another option for you too. You have to get the one with the link. The link. Yeah, the link. Oh, the fit. You don't have the AB version though, because the right. It's just it doesn't have a ballistic program unless it's a fifty-seven hundred. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I and believe the different. Bucks. Yeah, and the biggest difference there. Uh, and I have to do some more research on this too. I'm going to call up Kestrel probably on Monday and ask him. But I haven't heard back from Kestrel. with uh, with the 5500, I think there you can actually download the uh, the ballistic program at a later date. It just yeah. charges you whatever the difference is between buying it now and buying it later. What the three four hundred bucks or whatever. So that's also an option, and it gives you uh, it gives you. Uh, yeah, it says 309 here on their site or 399 maybe with the link. So yeah, 400. So and then we have those sitting at the shop at Mile High Shooting. Give me a call if you need to get a Kestrel, uh, 303-255-9999. Uh, we don't have any of the weather, weather flows, but if that's an you know, appealing option to you, it does work. That's all I really wanted to say. Yeah. You know, thanks, Jacob, for getting us that info. And that's how it works, man. Yeah. We, we're, we're exchanging we can't, data. We can't test everything. It's, nah, it's just unrealistic for us to do that. We don't have... Uh, unlimited funds to go out and buy this stuff and then use it and then try to sell it at a used price or keep it and then just keep getting piles and piles and piles of like 20 different weather meters for instance but if you guys give us that info and we can put it out and you know give you credit for it because we'll you do it yeah you're doing the you're doing the work and you're helping this community why wouldn't we put it out so thanks Jacob again thanks for doing that man appreciate you so now I can I can close that tab. There you go. I've had that open for like a week and a half. Oh, trying to sort them out. Yeah, I've been trying to get to them, uh, get down here, and or you get up there and answer questions and stuff. There's another – someone wrote me a, a three-page essay, so I got to go through that, uh, probably print it off. Every time I got two sentences into it, uh, I got interrupted and I had to do something else. But um, I am going to get that answered. So hang tight, Justin. I'll get you what you need, man. All righty. So we're going to wrap this up. So again, the fundamentals, man. We've gone through a lot or the last two podcasts, actually last three between the one I read out of my manuals, the ones Mike and I talked about in the beginning, and now this one. Uh, so It's like, like drinking from a fire hose. Yeah, it is. It's and huge. I think a lot of times, like as I look at these numbers, I start to think more and more. I'm like, you know, guys are, are listening to this, you know, more than once. So you know, thank you to the the five guys that are listening to this podcast that have downloaded it. You know, forty two thousand times because um, we do give out a lot of information. We try to we try to get detailed. We give you kind of a brief overview, let that sink in a little bit, and then kind of reel it all back in and give you some 
you know, pointers and some experience from the real world. And, and you guys are giving us stuff too. You guys are giving back to the community on sniper side. I get positive feedback. I get phone calls at mile high shooting all the time. I get emails, my emails out there, Mike at mile high shooting.com. Uh, I, I, I want to engage with you guys. I want to know what's going on out there because everybody's doing something different. There's 50 States out there that we're, you know, that we're talking to, we're talking to the world, but we need to know what you guys are doing so that we can incorporate that and, and we like to do new stuff. We don't, we're not old school. There's like old school thinking and old school mentality. But then there's also uh, the guys who are just stuck in that old school. Uh, this is the way it's always been. This is how I need to do it. We need to change that. I, I like incorporating old with new. You know, yeah. And doing like it steampunk. Way. Right. Steampunk it, man. Yeah. Old so, is new. New old, is old. There you go. But yeah, no, this, is, this has been great. And, and just so you guys know, too. With, you can visit a lot of this. I have about 60 videos in the Sniper's Hide online training lessons from the basic fundamentals up to some more advanced type stuff. And it's 15 bucks a month. If you log in on Sniper's Hide, up on the top, when you're looking across the top of the forum there, you'll see where it says, let me get over to the page. All right, so at the top of Sniper's Hide, it says forums, what's new, media, resources, members, then the last one on the right says upgrade. If you hit upgrade, you it, it'll it'll upgrade your account to online training. It's 15 bucks a month reoccurring. That gives you access to all the lessons. If you don't want to pay the money and you do all that and I get it and you can't take a class, I do have some of this but in shorthand on YouTube. I have a huge YouTube library. There's over 100 and something videos in and it's under uh, SH Lowlight, Sniper's Hide for YouTube. And there's a hundred and something videos on there. There are some longer lessons. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll cut my 10-minute lessons up that I charge for and put three minutes of it for free on YouTube. So I recommend the lessons. They've been going on since. We, we're the longest running online training stuff. We started it in 2008 offering lessons on the internet. And, you know, this kind of grew out of the classes we were teaching i'm doing the classes with mile high like we talked about we're full with the mile high detachment we're full up at alaska precision rifle um you know people are asking me about traveling around and stuff like that i'm, I'm answering those questions as best i can but um if, if you can't get to a class if you can't travel you can't do anything if you can afford 15 bucks a month online training if you ask me questions in there or want a specific video i'll do it um, I talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. It has limited people get access to it. It's a private section, so you don't have to deal with everybody and their brother. But we can answer this in more detail, and there's usually a video, or there's always a video. So we're going to summarize for you guys. In the last couple episodes, we've talked about the approach on the rifle, grip, stance, sight, sight, picture, sight, alignment, trigger, breathing, and follow-through. Follow-through on everything you do. Just like I'm about to follow through with my promise to Rio, so... I can get home. My wife's birthday weekend. We're going to start it off. Uh, I love you, baby. Um, and I got Rio that I promised she can put a tattoo on my foot. Nice. And we may even consider painting some nails. Hey, so so I, I got to follow through on that. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Hopefully, we answered some questions for you. And um, we got you what you needed as far as fundamentals. And we'll see you out on the range. Ciao.